Thanks for listening to Code Switch. Start your day tomorrow with Up First, the morning news podcast from NPR. Apple podcast reviewer Eve Bethel calls it concise and comprehensive. Quote, I listen to Up First every morning on my walk to work. It gives me a great summary of the top news stories during the day and the upcoming week. Unquote. Wake up with Up First tomorrow morning on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all you Spanish speakers out there, una breve advertencia. Este episodio contiene algunas palabras ofensivas. Here's the scene. A Mexican immigrant, a street vendor, is on a corner in Hollywood selling corn on the cob and shaved ice. A man out walking a dog with a companion who's a woman confronts him. He tells the vendor to move his cart because he's blocking the sidewalk. But the vendor refuses because he says there's plenty of space. They argue. Then the man walks straight toward the vendor. The vendor backs up but grabs some powdered chili and tosses it at him. And the guy, he grabs the vendor's cart and he tips it over. And the corn and the ice and the syrups, they go flying out into the street. So much delicious food in the gutter. Mm-hmm. And after this happens, the street vendor accuses the man who flipped his cart of being a racist. Este puto racista me vino a tirar esto. And this man, he hears this, right? He responds. He says, and these are his words. I'm not a racist. I'm an Argentine. This is Code Switch. I'm Shreen Marisol Meraji. And I'm Adrian Florido. And what we were just describing was a viral video that the street vendor, Benjamin Ramirez, filmed on his cell phone. And Adrian, when this video went online, it got a huge response. Mm-hmm. Within hours of being posted, like all our Latino friends shared it on Facebook and Twitter. People held fundraisers for the Elotero advocates who'd been working to legalize street vending in L.A., where it's still illegal, yeah. organized a march, and hundreds of people came out. Yeah, you know, I mean, Shereen, people in L.A. love their street vendors. You know that. Fruit vendors, yes. popsicle vendors, and especially, especially corn vendors, Eloteros. They do. Remember how uh, George Lopez talked about them? Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember. The way we get fruit is we don't go to the store. A guy comes to the street. Hey, you want some melons? You want some melons? What about the dude on the bike that sells corn? He doesn't even have a horn. Elote! Seventy-five cents, a corn with butter, mayonnaise, chile, lemon, salt. So that roaring applause, I mean, that's not because what he's saying is that funny, right? I think it's it, funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny, but <laughs> I think it's more like pure recognition, like the audience saying, yeah, that is us. So, you know, it wasn't a big surprise when the video of Benjamin Ramirez getting his cart tipped over caused this huge uproar because... A lot of people saw it as an attack not only on this one vendor, but on a beloved institution. So, yeah, the story is a little bit about that, a lot about workers' rights and immigrants' rights, but it's also about race. Right, because after this man knocks over the cart, Ramirez turns the cell phone camera on himself. And that's when we see that he is a dark-skinned man. And this other guy has light skin. He's got a beard. He's wearing a Guns N' Roses T-shirt. He's walking what looks to be a purebred boxer. And then, as we hear in the video, he says he's Argentine. 
So this is the other reason the video blew up. It came at a really sensitive time. Latinos we speak to every day for this podcast, documented or not, immigrants or third-generation Americans, they're feeling attacked because of the way the president has talked about them. About us. About us, right. We're rapists. We're bad hombres. Mm -hmm. America needs a multi-billion dollar wall to keep us out to help make it, you know, great again. Gene's air quotes there. Yeah, and now President Trump has pardoned former Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio after Arpaio was convicted in a case about racially profiling Latinos. Advocates say it sends a message that you've pretty much got a free pass to be racist. So with all of this that's happening, you know, a lot of Latinos have this feeling that Latinos should be looking out for one another. And even though we know that not all Latinos feel that way, it was still kind of a trip to see this video of this Argentine guy engaging in this kind of behavior toward this Mexican. And I heard that kind of surprise a lot when I was talking to people on the streets of L.A. It really felt like, wow, this person is not here supporting like our community, even though he says he's Latino and he's not racist. We're going to air some of our community's dirty laundry after the break. Support for Code Switch and the following message come from Squarespace. Get a unique domain and create a beautiful website using Squarespace's all-in-one platform and award-winning templates. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade, ever. Visit squarespace.com to start your free trial and use offer code CODESWITCH for 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. Support also comes from Google Cloud Platform. If you're looking to move the cloud, Google Cloud Platform provides security that scales with your business and keeps your data safe no matter how fast you grow. Built on more than 15 years of experience focused on keeping customers safe on Google applications like Gmail, Search, and other apps. With Google Cloud Platform, your applications and data take advantage of the same security model. To learn more about Google Cloud Platform, visit cloud.google.com. Thanks for listening to Code Switch. This summer, keep up to date on the day's news with Up First. It's the morning news podcast from NPR. Apple podcast reviewer Mandy G33K says it's a morning requirement. Quote, I start every weekday morning with Up First, so I know the gist of the day's news before I leave the house. Unquote. Wake up with Up First tomorrow morning on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're back. And Adrian, you're going to take us to Hollywood, where you met up with Benjamin Ramirez, who's become a local hero here in L.A. Yeah, Ramirez and I met outside of his apartment. Uh, He was helping his dad, who's also a street vendor, load up his cart with that big pot of corn and a huge block of ice and the homemade syrups to make raspados. It was a hot day, so Ramirez and I stood under the shade of the pushcart's umbrella. And I asked him why he thought his video had exploded. Lots of people gathered to call for the city to legalize street vending, but Ramirez didn't even know that that was an issue. He said it was because the man who pushed his cart over was Latino himself. People were angry that one Hispanic could do something like that to another Hispanic, Ramirez told me. We're all immigrants here. We're all equal. Ramirez came to the U.S. illegally a year ago during the heat of the presidential campaign. His first job was washing dishes in a Mexican restaurant. He remembers one of the first things one of his co-workers said to him, jokingly. Poor Benji, his co-worker said. He just got here and now Donald Trump is going to kick him out. Ramirez didn't know what he was talking about. 
In Mexico, he'd been so busy working, he'd had no time to follow the news. It was only through conversations with friends here in L.A. that he started to get a sense that it was a strange time in American politics in which people like him seemed to be a target. Still, Ramirez told me that in his year living and working in Los Angeles, he'd never felt discriminated against because he was dark-skinned or because he didn't speak English. Not at the Mexican restaurant, not at his next job at, get this, an Argentine restaurant. It wasn't until two months into his time as a street vendor when this fellow Latino tipped his card over. The fact that it was a Latino infuriated him. The president is saying he's going to kick us out, Ramirez said. But just imagine another Latino treating me that way. He said that's why he blurted out his charge of racism. To Ramirez and to a lot of people, the man's response suggested that he believed he couldn't possibly be racist or prejudiced because he too was Latin American. The answer of the other guy was, I'm from Argentina, I'm not a racist, which to me was the most bizarre thing to hear. Among the first calls that Ramirez got after his video exploded was from this man, Horacio Weschler Ferrari, the owner of the Argentine restaurant where Ramirez washed dishes until just a few months ago. You know, you can be prejudiced, you can say nasty things, you can call people's name. You know, if they say something, you know, it could be racist. And it happens in every single race. It happens with the whites, the Americans, the... their own people in Mexico, our own people in Argentina. Wechsler said that when he saw the video, he rushed to call Ramirez to offer to help, but also because he feared the video could create tension between Mexicans and Argentines. You know, I wanted to speak about myself and most of the Argentine community and, you know, not to be angry and not to think that everybody was like that person of what he did to him. And I know that there were a lot of Argentines in the community that were talking about it. They weren't the only ones. Street vendors, who in L.A. include a lot of Mexicans and Central Americans, they were talking about it too. On the corner of Santa Monica and Vine, I met Jorge Humberto Espino selling raspados. He said that shortly after the video was posted, vendors started warning each other. No, y qué pasó, no? Allá acaban de tirar un carrito, un güero. Espino said another vendor stopped him and told him to be careful because there was someone, a white man, tipping carts over. It was only after he got home and saw it on the news that he learned the man was in fact Argentine. Espino said he was not surprised. Argentines think they're the greatest, he said. Espino began imitating an Argentine accent. He joked, that if he'd been Ramirez, he would have told the other guy that he was Argentine too, just to throw him off. This is a pretty sensitive topic, this relationship that some dark-skinned mestizo Latinos and Latin Americans have to Argentines, who tend to be white and can often trace direct lineage to Europe. But more on that later. Anyway, I asked Espino what he thought had motivated the Argentine, and to my surprise, he blamed President Donald Trump. Espino said that because Trump has denigrated Latinos so much, white Americans start to do it too. I interject, but this guy wasn't a white American. Nobody thinks he is, Espino said, because he's got his papers. The fact is that very little is actually known about the man who tipped over Ramirez's cart. 
He disappeared after the incident exploded. The internet identified him really quickly, but I couldn't track him down, and it seems like no one has so far. Still, in the days after all this happened, people very quickly started making assumptions about the Argentine man's class and his legal status, and about how those things and his skin color may have motivated the way he treated Benjamin Ramirez. Two days after Benjamin Ramirez's video went viral, hundreds of people came to a protest near where the incident happened in Hollywood. LA native Carla de Paz was one of the organizers. I asked her why she thought so many people immediately assumed the Argentine man was here legally. That assumption comes from people's real experiences, you know, know, feeling like folks who might have that privilege of being documented, um, having a privilege of power over those who don't. In other words, an assumption that someone who understood the struggles of being in the U.S. illegally wouldn't treat a fellow immigrant the way this man had treated Benjamin Ramirez. And I think in Los Angeles, like, street vending is such an important part of culture of Latinos throughout in different neighborhoods, Central American neighborhoods, Mexican neighborhoods, um, that it really felt like, wow, this person is not here supporting like our community, even though he says he's Latino and he's not racist. So I think it just highlights like the complexity of race even among um, the Latino community. Adrian, we're back in studio now, and we talk all the time and hear all the time about the quote-unquote Latino community like it's a monolith. But this video really complicates the discussion about Latinos and race in a way that I think is perfect for Code Switch. Um, So we wanted to talk more about it, and we reached out to Celia Lacayo. Yep, she's a fellow at the UCLA Chicano Studies Research Center, and she studies race and Latinos. You know, I don't particularly read this story as Latino against Latino. Mm. Um, I read this through a a whiteness lens that comes out of colonization. Europeans, you know, uh, they believed the indigenous were inferior, that they could conquer the Western Hemisphere as they did under the presumption that white was better. Mm -hmm. Um, So that trickles down in Latin America just like it does in the U.S., but it has different manifestations. Um, And we know that people from Argentina, not all, but generally speaking, are very proud of their European ancestry, specifically Italian, Mm. to mark themselves as white. There's something about this video that really felt like it exposed some of our dirty laundry (laughs) as Latinos. And I'm wondering from your vantage point, do you think that it threatens this fragile unity that exists between us? Clearly, there's a lot of internal issues within Latino communities. Um, white passing Latinos do in fact use that and uh, as their privilege to socially and racially distance themselves from other Latinos. But I do think that the racialization process that has happened in the last 30 years has really unified Latinos in a way that I've not seen before, you know, and they understand that when Trump says Mexican are rapists, he's really talking about all people from Latin America, and they, they understand that. Now they're like, this is racism, this is racismo, in their own words. Um, I'll tell a quick story. Uh, my father, conservative, monolingual, and, you know, he's listening to Univision, you know, Telemundo. He calls me, my dad, and he's like, este país no los quiere aquí. Este país es racista contra nosotros. Mm. You know, this country doesn't want us here. It's racist against our people. And I was like, oh, my gosh, can you put my dad on the phone? Because I what, I don't know who this is. That That is a reflection of the time. 
they're they're feeling that they're being targeted as a group. You know, there was this um, video. Oh, sorry. sorry, there was this story that went around online after this all happened a couple of days after it happened, um, and it was a fake news story. But it basically was saying that you know this Argentine guy had been arrested and deported, and it got it spread like fire around the internet. Uh, it was in Spanish, and so a lot of people were reading it. And it was really weird to see people, like, celebrating that, you know? There was a visceral reaction in people, which was they wanted to see this guy, like, get his, like, comeuppance. And then on the other hand, like, if you st- step back to think about it, you're like, wow, that's really disturbing that that tool would be turned around in that way, right? It's very disturbing, and it's just absolutely wrong. The only analytical point I will make is that when SB 1070 came into Arizona... <laughs> I'm going to butt in with a quick explanatory comma. SB 1070 is the Arizona law signed by then-Governor Jan Brewer that requires police to check the legal status of people they stop if they suspect them of being in the U.S. illegally. Okay, back to Celia. Right, racial profiling went up, right? What what does an illegal look like? Jan Brewer was like, well, law enforcement knows what, you know, an illegal looks like. And it's the quote-unquote quintessential Mexican, right, phenotype. Whiteness garners you a likelihood of not being deported. Are we making these Argentines a scapegoat? We have colorism and racism in all of our groups, Latino groups. Well, I mean, I think this was a particular incident. And so we're talking about the Argentine point because the the man was. was Argentine. So I think that's fine. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. For example, in Latin America, this Latino exceptionalism, right? We don't have racism here. You know, my brother's black, my grandma's, you yeah. know, blue, you know, whatever. <laughs> We're all one, you know, united, whatever. These kind of fallacies when we know that el huerito has a positive and la negrita has a negative a connotation. Um, so for me, the biggest takeaway is how we continue to see these racial regimes historically and contemporary privilege whiteness mm-hmm. um, and thinking about how that plays out across borders, across history, across communities, and then the role of Latinos, right? How, how, how Latinos right now are, are facing very deep, deep racialization. And I think we see that in that incident as well. Celia Lacayo is a fellow at the UCLA Chicano Studies Research Center. She studies white attitudes towards Latinos in Southern California. Thanks, Celia. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you, Adrian, for co-hosting with me this week. For sure. It was fun. And now it's time for my mom's favorite part of the show. Hey, Mommy. <laughs> this is for you, and I think it's appropriate to go out on a salsa song because, you know, my mom's Puerto Rican. And also, it's a song about classism and racism in Latin America. The lyrics tell the story of a society girl who falls in love with a poor trumpet player. She's light. He's dark. She's deeply in love. Her family's freaking out. Do you know what I'm talking about, Adrian? I think I know which song you're talking about. (laughs) It's by Panamanian salsero Ruben Blades, and it's called Ligia Elena. (laughs) So obviously, Adrian, you've heard the song. Love that song. At the end, there's this part, which is my favorite part of the song. He's making fun of a Latina grandmother. It could be many of our Latina grandmothers. She's horrified that she won't have those blonde grandchildren she's always thought she'd have. With their blonde hair and their blonde eyes, and she says their blonde teeth. That's right. Anyway, that song has been giving me life for my entire life. (laughs) 
And that's it for our show. Follow us on Twitter. We're at NPR Code Switch. We want to hear from you, so email us at codeswitch at npr.org and subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be found or streamed. Maria Paz Gutierrez, Leah Danella, and I produced this episode. We had original music by Ramtin Arablu. And a shout out to the rest of the Code Switch team, Kat Chow, Karen Grigsby-Bates, and Jean Demby, who's back next week. Our intern is Aleli Mayvuelta. It's her last week with us. Good luck, Aleli. Good luck. You're awesome. Sammy Yenigan and Steve Drummond edited this podcast. I'm Adrian Florido. And I'm Shireen Marisol Maraji. See ya. Peace.